listening to episode 44 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. Yay! <laughs> We've been trying to get this episode recorded for like a week, and it just like... There's a lot happening. Yeah, so like news-wise, lots. So the world has fallen apart <laughs> since our last podcast episode. <laughs> We are now living in the dystopian future that we've all read about and watched in YA movies. And that we all saw coming in November 2016. Yep. I'm laughing because it's like, I feel like everybody is on some level of just like delirium and anxiety and like, right? Like no one is, no one is like. No one's doing well. Yeah, no one is doing well. There's that, like, people keep being like, how are you answering the question when someone is like, how are you? Because it's like, like I'm how? like, oh, I'm doing okay. And doing okay means, like, I was telling Preeti, like, oh, I've been having, like, waking night terrors every couple <laughs> of nights. And, like, yeah, but I'm doing fine. Right, right? You're like, I'm okay. I'm going on this, like, horrible cycle where I can't sleep for two nights in a row. And then I, like, crash because my body just can't take it anymore. I mean. But it's great. Yep. Everything's so good, so good, and your birthday's coming up. My birthday's coming oh, up. It's very <laughs> I just realized that, man. Like uh, a little under two weeks away. I was going super excited suck. to celebrate it inside. We were talking. I was talking to you know our friend Alex Segura, who I don't know. He writes everything. I just, I don't even know how to describe him. Like he's a co-president of Archie uh, well, Com- most, most of recently Com- comics. Yeah, he has a Poe Dameron book. The Poe Dameron book. Which He's also in um, the anthology that I'm co-editing with our friend Jen that Preeti is in. He's writing a story for us. Um, he's a crime novelist. He does a m- million things. But the other day he was like, hey, he DM me and was like, do I remember that your birthday is coming up? And I was like, and this was like two weeks ago. And I was like, no, I feel bad for anyone whose birthday is coming up. It's got to <laughs> suck. And he's like, my birthday is Sunday. And I was like, oh, <laughs> happy birthday, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> It was like one of those moments where I'm like, oh, 180, 180, 180s, correct course correction. It was it was really funny. I mean, um, that's the thing, right? Everything you're talking about with people is kind of related to like you're like, oh, that that's you know something nice happened or something good is happening. You're like, that's so great, and they're like, yeah, but also all these horrible things are going. Yeah. On. People are like, how are you? And I'm like, oh, fine. Oh, everybody healthy? Well, my kid, I think, had COVID, and now I might have it. But yeah, yeah, no, everything's fine. It's great. It's really fine. Yeah. I did feel, so something that's really awkward about this time is, like, when you have things coming out or, like, mm. like I know a lot of writers right now, and, like, basically every, you know, all my stuff is happening in the fall, but, like, almost every conference or convention I was supposed to go to to promote the stuff I have coming out is, is canceled. canceled. Yeah. So... Everyone, every creative person I know is, like, kind of freaking out. Yeah. But, like, I both the combination of, like, oh, God, how are we going to do this? And the awkwardness you feel doing self-promotion at such a, like, Terrible awful time. time. Yeah, I But agree. Chris Evans tweeted about his movie. I saw movie. that. The, like, defending his, like, his, like, Apple TV series. <laughs> yeah, it's an Apple TV series. And he was, like, I feel really awkward doing this. And I was, like, oh, my God. If Chris Evans feels awkward but still knows that he has to do it, like, I can do it. Yes. Yeah, no, I saw that. And that was so cute. <laughs> it is. It I is like, super awkward. You. Do you want to talk about them? But you've got three books coming out. Do you want to talk about them real quick? 
I mean, yeah, I guess this is an avenue yeah. for which to Yes. We can If we can't sell um, promo I- on the show that we host <laughs> and produce ourselves, I don't think we can sell promo anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, all my stuff is available for pre-order, which is really exciting. So the Clone Wars anthology, which will have some news hopefully dropping soon-ish um, in terms of like, there, the title or cover or something is happening. I'm not entirely clear what, but something. Um, so that's coming out in late August, and it's an anthology of short stories based on the TV show, which is very exciting. I can't, I still don't think I'm allowed to say who I'm writing, but I'm really, really excited about it. We know how um, Pretty feels about the Clone Wars, like the yeah, TV show. So, so. <laughs> like, we know. Um, I mean, we don't know, but we're excited about it. <laughs> And then uh, my first Marvel Avengers assembly book with Scholastic comes out the first week of August, which is uh, Kamala Khan, which is freaking awesome, also available for pre-order. And then the Yoda picture book is out in October, but they are all up on like Disney Books, bookshop.org. Like you can find them and pre-order them ideally from your local indie bookstore, yeah, which is probably say, still um... Doing orders. Yeah, like a lot of local indies these days, that's a really good way to support them. They're do- a lot of them are doing orders and either like hand, like delivering them to your house or mailing them. That's a really good way to support. If you have a local independent bookstore you like to support, that's a really good way, you know, just call in, pre-order it. Um, that's a good way to do it. Amazon's being, you know, we all, all know about Amazon, but they're delaying like anything, which I, I get in theory, like, if you, they have to focus on the the things that are not their book business because right. they are not a bookstore. But the flip side of that is they have their their unfriendly business practices have affected so many people's buying habits when it comes to books that is really it's a lot. We'll just yep. leave it at that. We'll leave yeah, it at that. So anyway, yeah. bookshop.org is a great way yes, to find and new- buy it's like the new IndieBound, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, well, they kind of, they've partnered with IndieBound, from what I understand, because I was asking about well, this. Well, IndieBound doesn't exist. I, I remember seeing a thing where they were no, like, IndieBound, I think they were, play, like, they, they were no longer going to do IndieBound. Well, so what happened was I was asking about it because I always linked to IndieBound. IndieBound.org was a site that you could find books. You could search books, and it would tell you where you, what books were at your local bookstore, so you mm-hmm. could order it directly through bookshop.org basically consolidates all that information and pulls every it's basically a massive sort of amazon thing but for independent bookstores so you have a website to go to so from what i understand is bookshop.org sort of pulled IndieBound and their infrastructure inside which is great i mean it's awesome and if you don't have a local independent bookstore um can i recommend print which is a bookstore in portland maine that um our friend josh christie co-owns and uh, they're doing. They do. They just do really good work generally, and um, they are doing online ordering, and they're they're great. And so, much. Yeah, there's print. Also, I would uh, say look at Word Bookstores in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they have a Jersey City ver- um, store too. But Word Bookstores and Greenlight Books also in yeah. Brooklyn. Um. Okay. So that is that's. That's that's that. That's that. We'll come back to that <laughs> topic because I'm sure that's all we all really can talk about right now. Um, but I wanted to talk about. I dropped this on Preeti at the last second when we were prepping for this episode today. There's a really good article on Io9 um, by like James Whitbrook, right? 
Yes, by um, James Whitbrook, who's a wonderful writer. Yeah, he's generally a really good writer. I try to read the stuff that he puts out because I usually agree with it. And it's called um, Our Fascination with Canon is Killing the Way We Value Stories. I'm gonna, we'll drop a link in the show notes. But I thought this was a real, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's just an opinion piece. But the gist of it is that the, um, it's fine to, like, his argument is, like, we, it's fine to value canon and talk about canon. Preeti and I talk about canon all the time, especially when it comes to Star Wars, like overarching story. How does this further the narrative, like the overarching narrative? We talk about it a lot, but valuing that at the expense of everything else and discounting things that don't fit in or don't like, um, like not being able to value a thing for what it is and only valuing what it adds or doesn't add to canon is, mm-hmm. um, tox- is, 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 is basically a recipe for toxicity. Um, and I think it's a super interesting take, and I was wondering what you thought about that. Uh, I think it is really interesting. I I agree with his central premise, which is the idea that valuing it above the story itself is where you have a problem. Yeah. And it's also interesting because so because I've been doing so much work in IP, I've had to kind of really f- define or or I guess rather like. Um, research the idea of canon for, you know, like comic book characters, which is absurd because canon is so malleable within the comic book world. Like if you look at someone like Spider-Man, there are a million different versions of this character. They are all Peter Parker. They all have, you know, the basic premise like Uncle Ben dies, Peter with great power comes great responsibility. Like there are these like kind of, this short list of things, but in terms of quote canon, it's like all over the yeah. fucking place, it's right? Like, it's one he's it, like Marvel, General, and DC both have been so, so long running and have had so many people author their characters exactly. that you can find anything to justify mm-hmm. your take, right? And so you have these pieces. So when we come to this world where it's like all of a sudden, all that seems to matter are these like minutia pieces of fact. Yeah. And what stories, when stories come out, how they serve those facts versus the other way around is so strange. Okay, and I completely agree. This is a thing I have been running into like head first over and over again with the new Star Trek series, uh, both Discovery and Picard. Uh, Discovery is worse because it's set in the past. So it comes mm. before everything we know. Um, but there's a lot of elements in it. Picard, we're going to talk about Picard a little bit later. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything right now. But it's just like the idea that canon ma- matters more than the story they're trying to tell. Like, and people will discount all that Discovery. Like, Discovery, it's not a perfect show, but it's an enjoyable right. one. I enjoy it. I think it's good. It's got great characters. Um, and they'll just discount everything the show is trying to do. Because, oh, well, there was no war with the Klingons, so therefore this show must take pl- like, just show doesn't matter. Like, it's just, or, it's the, or like the Spore Drive can't, it did, it doesn't, we don't, there's no hist- record of the Spore Drive. To the point where they had, to, like, it was so bad to the point where the writers, like, had to course correct mm-hmm. to, to, like, work all of this in because people were screaming about canon so much. And, like, I'm just like, who gives a shit? Like, I don't give a, like, I I care about canon to a certain extent. Like, I care about canon. I know the canon. But I just want to hear the story they're trying to tell. I think, like, you don't want, I think the the key is, you don't want something that comes out that will sort of, like, 
I I don't want to use the word ruin, but I guess it's maybe rather like uh, negatively impact a story that's been told Mm -hmm. by disregarding certain aspects, right? Like I think that's sort of a fear that people have of like, oh, I love this thing, but now you're telling me through retconning that that was actually, you know, a shitty thing the hero did. Like, I'm not thinking of any specific example, but, like, you know, the hero does something in the story that you love, and it's, like, a moment of triumph, and it's made you feel good, and you've identified with it, and all these things. And then, you know, five years later or a decade later, like, whatever it is, it comes out, and you find out that hero is actually a piece of shit. Like, that sucks, right? I get it. Like That that, absolutely sucks. But then it's different with, like, something like, like Star Wars, where the, right. they like basically uncan like they had all this expanded universe canon, and then they basically made up leg- what's called legends. And if you're right. a lot of you are pretty into the Star Wars fandom, so you already know this. But like there was a huge and to like be able to have a clean slate to tell new stories, and there's mm-hmm. a huge backlash against it. Like I understand the idea. Like Mara Jade was, I think, one of the biggest sufferers for this because she's this right. like strong like. This like this like really good female character that just kind of got sidelined because of this. But I think and I think it's fine to be disappointed when like totally. stuff like that happens. I think it's absolutely fine, but like it brought brought out so much toxicity and I think that has just gotten worse and worse and worse in that fandom. Well, yeah, that's that's the entitlement, right? Yeah. That's yes. the I am I'm as a viewer, as a reader, as someone who experiences this story, I am owed yes. something yeah. for it. And mm-hmm. that is not okay. Like, yes. I think you can feel, and, and this is where transformative work it also comes in, right? Like, when you have something with, like, Star Wars that's so massive, mm-hmm. that has so much story inside of it, like, literally, Star Wars is so big that they can tell us stories based on minutes between minutes of action like there's so much potential for a story like how can you even one and engage with all of it like i feel like it is physically impossible and at this point to literally engage with every single piece of star wars quote canon yep and so this notion that every single thing that exists has to service your perspective on what the story is. I think that's the key. It's I think that's is ridiculous. Yeah. I think, right. I think you you nailed hit the nail on the head right there. Like that's a well, that's a dad expression I just used hit the nail on the head. <laughs> but anyway, um, like, yeah, no, I think that is exactly it's it's the difference between being invested in a thing and enjoying all the pieces of it or the pieces that come out of it which is I think what you and I do with Star Wars like for example one of our not complaints I don't think is a good way to do it but one of our disappointments um versus what our expectations were about like the cartoon show resistance was that it wasn't more quote-unquote enmeshed in canon like it was a very independent story and once you and I let go of our preconceptions that it should and we assume that because of the title, because the show, we thought it would be about the resistance and not right. just resisting. And I think once you and I let go of that, we enjoy, and I, I really do like and recommend that series, especially for like um, slightly, not like kids' kids, but slightly younger viewers. I think it's a really good entry into Star Wars. Um, but I think, but you, the difference is when we realized it wouldn't be what we expected, you and I weren't like, well, fuck all this. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go write hate mail to, you know, whoever. We were just like, oh, okay, it's not what we expected, but that doesn't mean it's not good. 
Right. And then we got to talk about it based on the merits of what it was, yep. mm-hmm. not based on how it fit into this gigantic universe. And how, not the merits of what we expected it to be. Exactly. And then, like, so, like, also something like The Mandalorian. Yes. Which, <laughs> again, is another thing. It's yeah. that, you know, five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And then. So it's set in between story that we know and story that we know. Yeah. Like it's set in, and actually in between story that we know, story that we know, and story that we know. Because you've got Star Wars Rebels going there too, right? Yep, yep. So you have this thing that has to apparently exist in that space. But they did so in a way that at least after the first season, it doesn't – it matters that how it interacts with this – the story that it is adjacent to in the yeah, same it, way yeah that right like it, it, it matters in the same way because of what it is that a that a, a book series that a, con, a consecutive book series would matter mm-hmm. it's like you're you're watching a series but because it's unknown because there's so much unknown in it like it's okay if it takes liberties right yeah, i think it's fine like I think it's fine. Like, and that's what, this is a thing that also a little bit gets to me with these kinds of Star Wars stories. If people are, people are like, well, people have been like, well, that baby must be basically dead by the time, you know, the rise of Skywalker or by the time uh, Force Awakens takes place because otherwise it wouldn't be, you know, the last Jedi. And I'm like, the baby doesn't have to be dead. Like, it's fine. Like, oh my God. Like, I think it comes down to balance, right? Yeah. Like we can be, I guess it comes back to balance and narrative and, and how, like you said, the assumptions you're making about how characters and pieces of story intersect within canon yeah. versus the actuality. And I like, think you and I are going to talk about that in like, two minutes because we have some Clone Wars stuff to discuss and this season of Clone Wars has not been what I expected um, and I like we're going to talk about that like in a very personal way in a few minutes because like it hasn't been what I expected and it's that's very interesting I think what they're doing it is and and it's funny because it's it's also you know uh, art is all subjective yeah right like, Every everything is subjective for to to an extent. Like obviously, we're not talking about things that do harm to marginalized communities or like that no, kind of thing. No, 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 no. When it comes to like, you know, I like like I liked whatever movie, and you didn't like whatever movie because we just had different feelings coming out of it. Yeah. Like it's all subjective. Yeah, and we take these things so seriously. By we, I mean the grander we, not you and me, because I don't think we take it very seriously. We take it very seriously. (laughs) I mean, there have definitely been times I'm like, people, it's just a movie. And like, this is like coming from somebody who, like, Star Wars and Star Trek have both, especially Star Trek, has had like fundamental effects on the way my life has gone and like, you know, the choices I've made and my interests. It's been, but at the end of the day, it is just a TV show. You know what's a good example, I think? Mm. Harry Potter. Oh, I think Harry Potter is actually that is a really, really great good example. example. Because like Star Wars is ongoing and, and massive. And like Harry Potter though, you've got the Harry Potter books, right? Yeah. Like, sure, 
J.K. Rowling could, for all intents and purposes, if she wants to, go back and, like, rewrite pieces of the Harry Potter book. Like, please don't do that. But she could. I mean, she basically but, has been, rec- like, not retconning some stuff. retconning. But- she, well, she, like, retcons and she does these things. She says these things. And, like, they're supposed to impact the canon. But, but they but, don't. Not to me, but, at least. Right. Exactly. To people who are fans of the book itself, which, to me, the stories that exist as they were published in 98, 2000, whatever, those are the books. Those are the experiences I tie to. And it doesn't, truly, I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Like, I don't care about all the extra content. It does not impact my reading of the original series at all. Yeah. All of this extra content. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't let it because I don't want it to. Like, I am very happy with my experiences of those books and I'm very happy I'm happy reading transformative work about those books I love reading fanfic and yep. what I deem to be like the fanfic I like but I also love that people can read those books and have different interpretations and yes. find different so it's like Harry Potter is a great example of I think a fandom that has recognized that they will recognize what they want to be canon and it doesn't they don't have to fight about it Yeah, right like you yep. don't really see a lot of that same sort of toxicity in terms of what is canon and what is not and what is right and what is not come out of the Harry Potter fandom. Because they, m- m- much of the Harry Potter fandom has collectively decided to just ignore J.K. Rowling, <laughs> yeah, ignore all true. this new stuff and just be like, we're going to live on, like, we're going to live in fanfic and, like, and that's good. I think that's healthy. And, and if there's someone, there are people who, like, love the the Grindelwald series uh, or um Fantastic Beasts yeah they love the Fantastic Beasts series they consider them canon they like if you go to AO3 you will see so much fic over the Fantastic Beasts which I I personally am not into but there's no real like I mean obviously it's the internet you will find like a percentage of fandom that sucks no matter what it is but by and large you don't really see fandom, Harry Potter fandom come up in the same kinds of conversations that you see like MCU, DC, Star Wars, or these other like and I think, massive, massive, massive fandoms. I think it's a product of Harry Potter being something that was like, it's the difference between, and this is going to be like a vast generalization, but adult men adult white men feeling they have ownership over it versus younger people and you know what I mean no I think I think that there is something there in sense of and like I don't know I, I haven't puzzled out like what exactly it is but like I mean part of it is like the Harry, idea yeah. that all this stuff is Star Wars um Star Trek comics were all considered like sort of alternate culture, sort of like geek culture and not in a fun movie making, like money making kind of way, but in a you are a total loser for liking this thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I think people have a lot of anger that now the thing that they were kind of vilified for yes. at times is like massively popular and like cool. And I'm not saying that that's right. And then, that, yeah. and that's, not a re that's not a valid reason to act inappropriately but it is a reason a lot of people do right and there's a difference i think between there was such a camaraderie around harry potter like yeah. 
the minute it because you came into it as kids, right? Like I think I was 13 or 14 the first book came out and like we all loved it. Like you weren't you no one was like, "Oh, you're such a loser. You love yeah, Harry Potter." Yeah, everybody like Harry Potter was I think everybody loved Harry Potter. of like all ages was rating. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's a big conversation. Yeah. There's no sort of like real closure out no, of it or like not. it's just other I than- think I thought it was a really interesting article and very well written yeah. and so anyway Agreed. go read it and then you know if you guys ha- if you have any thoughts that we haven't brought up on it feel free to like tweet us or um and I think that was better than I thought it was gonna be yeah me yeah me too <laughs> I'm glad we talked about it but um now we're going to go straight into Clone Wars spoilers so um when we last when we last, we'd watched the first couple, two episodes, right? When we yeah, last we recorded. And we were like, why, Dave Filoni, are you giving us a story about clones? <laughs> but honestly, I ended Where up Where is really, Ahsoka? I ended up really liking <laughs> it. The way it ended with, like, Echo going and yeah. joining the, the, the Bad Batch. And I, I thought it, it, was, it ended up very sweet. I, I mean, it's the clones. Like, Filoni knows the clones. He loves the clones. You can tell that there is a deep understanding of... Yeah what these characters are and the potential for who they could be. That said, I do not care about the Bad Batch. I'm okay seeing them again. Like, I really ended up enjoying the arc as well. Yeah, and but, getting like, I, I would, have, would I have preferred something different? Yes, but, it, it you know, like, it was a, it was a nice, um, there, was some, there were some really nice moments. It was a nice, I think my issue with it is that we get so few. Like, we only have, like, three more episodes, exactly. I think. And then, like, is this, like, where we, but this is, you know, like, like we just said, it's not up to us. We're not the storytellers here. So, like, this is the story they choose to, chose to tell. And um, I thought it was ended up being a sweet arc. There is, I did want to mention the one kind of moment that happened that that I mean we talked about the like Padme Anakin stuff uh in the last episode but in this one we see Anakin straight up like murder that separatist I mean murder but kills that separatist it gets real dark for like a second and I think that's what now that we've seen what six episodes right the one that drops the day this episode goes live just tomorrow is that episode yes um is the sixth episode and what we're getting it seems like which is kind of what clone wars is and so i i get why we're both frustrated but i also get why it's being written the way it is which are moments of character right small moments of character Mm -hmm. inside of bigger stories and we see this moment with anakin because this is now we're like just a few months away from the fall Cause like Padme's a little pregnant, <laughs> like we know we're not that far off yeah. from end, and you don't see a lot of that darkness in the rest of the series. You see the beginning of him getting frustrated, mm-hmm. and you see, you know how it could be. But he's overall Anakin in the Clone Wars is overall like a good dude, yeah, right. Like, he might make some, like, awkward decisions, but overall, like, he does it for his friends. You know, he's you don't very really... much the Anakin from the first, like, 15 yeah. minutes of Revenge of the Sith. Like, he's right. a good dude trying to, like, save Obi-Wan and joking with him in a turbo. You know, like, it's, he's a good yeah. dude. But this moment where he kills that Separatist. So that was dark. That was dark as hell. <laughs> and you're like, 
oh, I see it. <laughs> you see it you coming. See it coming, yeah. And you see the Which like is heartbreaking. thread. It's heartbreaking, but you see the thread that Palpatine is going to pull mm-hmm. in just a short while yeah. and unravel him. And it's it's like those are the moments that I'm living for. Yeah, I agree. And I, honestly, like. I talk about, like, oh, I didn't love this arc. Like, I look back, like, part of the reason I have not rewatched Clone Wars is there's a lot of it. I'm just like, eh, this is fine. It is, for me, like, a lot of it is the moments of brilliance within stories I'm ambivalent about. Does that mean make sense? Yeah. Like, there's I mean, a lot I- of arcs I'm, like, just like, okay, yeah, that arc is fine. Like, basically, when people are like, what should I rewatch? I'm like, rewatch the Ahsoka episodes. Because she's, she's my, Ahsoka and Padme are my, are my, major investment in this because with with those two you get the Anakin moments and you get the Anakin moments I really like too yeah but there's like a lot of clone stuff a lot that I'm just like I like I care about them but that's not my personal investment in these stories yeah and like the clones it's like there's so many great ones and obviously you've got Rex you've got Fives you've got this these teams of clones that matter and how they matter in the story though is in relation to kind of how they'll impact like you know Rex and Rebels and and how they kind of fix the part they played unwittingly and you know not necessarily because they wanted to in the kind of decimation of the Republic yeah and so you know it's it's interesting in that way but it's not because of the story we've been given and the story that it's all rooted in which is the Skywalker story it's not as necessarily as compelling as these other moments. And like Ahsoka is sort of the outlier, right? They talk about how they weren't expecting Ahsoka to become the character that she became, right? They talk about how like they weren't ready for her to be as popular as she was. Mm -hmm. Which is probably why she has had, she has not, she's a character has not been necessarily serviced well by the, Yeah, not in not in terms of what she's owed. I think, right? I agree. And speaking of, let's I guess let's should we dive into her episodes? Yeah. So Um, her story is basically she's left the Jedi Order, she's on her own, and she meets up with this pair of sisters, mm -hmm. um, who are. um, Sorry if you guys keep hearing beeping in the background. My husband keeps apparently opening and closing our that's our alarm and opening and closing the door or my baby. Who knows what's going on? But anyway, sorry if you guys can hear that. Um, but so and so basically, and then kind of gets caught up in one of the sisters' schemes and is trying to help get them out of it while not revealing she's a Jedi because these sisters have very good reason to not like Jedi. Yes. And so, you know, we've been waiting for new Ahsoka story for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and this takes place prior to, because prior to this, we had the Clone Wars, uh, and we had Rebels, and we had uh, E.K. Johnston's book, Ahsoka, which is excellent. excellent. If you like, yes. If you like Ahsoka, pick that book up. And this kind of takes place in between... Because it's just, you know, it's in between Clone Wars and Rebels. So prior to the book, prior to all of that. And she's sort of just learning how to be on her own. Yeah. And be an ex-Jedi, essentially. She, like, figure out her role and, like, what it means. And um, I think that aspect of it is I really like. Um, I like her figuring out where she belongs and seeing that desire 
what she thought the Jedi were all about, that desire to help people. Mm-hmm. I think that I love seeing, like, I love her becoming the character we meet in Rebels. I love watching that yes. process. Like, oh my God, yes. She's still trying to help people, even though she has nothing. She literally has nothing. And she has, like, lost the only friends she has. She's lost the only family. She has, like, there's a one point where somebody's asking her how uh. she, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, how, like, <laughs> how she, where she learned to do something. And she's uh. like, my brother taught me. Oh, uh, like, I lost it. And it's like, that's like Anakin, like her brother. She lost everything. And her, like, figuring out who she is without the Jedi, I think, is really fundamental. And I think... That I love that aspect of it. That being said, I'm not sure I love the storyline. You and I talked about this a little bit, like for yeah. very briefly before we got um, on this podcast. It's hard because it feels like they realize that they have a limited number of episodes. And this is going to be, I think, a theme in our conversation today. Um, but they realize they have a limited number of episodes and they need to get a lot into those. So with Ahsoka... You know, her she doesn't show up till episode five, so we have, right? Yes, I misnumbered no, what I we're think talking about. But anyway, this is the third episode, Ahsoka episode that we've seen. Yeah, so, so we're this must be eight. Seven? This must be eight because there's five, six, seven. Yeah, five, seven. Yeah, seven. Okay, yeah, yes. seven. Yeah, that's right. We did. We're doing real good, guys. Math. Uh, so, so we get five, six, and seven with Ahsoka, and they have to tell. I I think they wanted to tell her story within the context of a life completely separate from the Jedi, yeah. right? And so they went to the lower levels of Coruscant. And I think, <laughs> I think, and I think they probably knew that they wanted to talk about Mandalore. Like, they wanted to tell the story of Mandalore. Um, and how do you get Ahsoka from... And I think I think the problem they ran into is how do you get Ahsoka from like cast you know like not cast out because she chose to leave, but but functionally like just like on her own, no resources to how do you get her from Coruscant in that situation to Mandalore like right in just a limited number of episodes because you can't you can't I think the problem here is you can't not address the fact that this fundamental shift in her status. You can't, Mm -hmm. she needs time to process what she needs. And so I think, like you said, like, yeah, the issue we're running into though is it's a limited number of episodes. And in some respects, this feels like rehashing of her final arc in the existing series, because it's just the Jedi are trash, which we already know. Right. Like, and her learning, she knows all that. So it, it was hard to see because then it, it came down to, although I'm I'm interested to see if they take the conversation that happened in the most recent episode and the episode that came out today, yeah, um, where she finds out why Rafi and Trace stay away from the Jedi, which I I wish they had seeded that yes. a little bit better earlier because they didn't really see that specific like that specificity into it, um, and that is because in the episode of Clone Wars where Zero the Hutt escapes and Cad Bane um, kind of is hired to get him out of the prison. Yeah. The Jedi had to make a decision between either like having the ship crash onto a platform full of people or into the side of a building. And it crashes into the side of the building because lives of the few versus lives of the many. 
Chase's parents were the few. Yeah. And that is a very, it didn't, I'm hoping that it comes back a little bit more because that's a very kind of, it's a bigger question. It's the trolley question. Yeah, it is. And it's a (laughs) shitty decision to have to make for the Jedi, but there's also things you can do like the i think the the most stark part of it was like what was it was it luminara who that we yes. think yeah that was I so, think so so the jedi she was talking about and like it was just so hollow like the, yeah. the reassurance the like you know it was there are things you could do to like help the population left behind mm-hmm. and be like you know we had to make a terrible decision and we made it no one feels good about this and we're sorry and let us help you. Take care of you. Yeah, let us help you versus and that's why also um I think we can all agree that running drugs is not a great or like it's not a great um it's not it's not a great thing to do but it just there's a lot of you shouldn't be doing this because it hurts people coming from Ahsoka and like it's it's it's, it is it's hard not taking into account the situation these two uh, young women are in and like needing to survive and ahsoka until very recently has never had to worry about where her next meal comes from she's never had to worry about a roof over her head or like shelter or like and it's just it's just what's strange about it is that this is really existing to teach ahsoka some kind of lesson but I don't know that these two characters are being given yeah. the story. These two new characters, which I appreciate that Clone Wars has come out and created two new women of color. These two characters who get to have their kind of spotlight right alongside the best character of the series. But I don't know that the story is giving them what they deserve. Um and letting them exist outside of kind of Ahsoka plot points. Yes. So, especially it's Star Wars though, right? Yeah, especially so there's um, potential. You pointed this out to me in G chat, so I don't want to like steal your idea. Especially given the revelations about Poe Dameron as the major Latinx character being an ex spice smuggler. Mm-hmm. Again, it's rough stuff. It's two it's, more Latinx characters, and we're back to spice. Like it's just right. Like, let's let's take it a step, you know, to yeah. the side next yes. time, maybe. And not and, and kind of have these characters who grew up on the streets, who had these issues, like, not make decisions for no reason. And I think that's where I was getting frustrated, is yes. I didn't understand their decision-making processes, because they, they weren't, we weren't given enough information before kind of being thrown into it. And it again comes back to not having enough time to set, the story up necessarily like mm-hmm. we only have 10 episodes um but so there's the moment there are two moments when we talk about these like small moments right there's the ahsoka calling anakin her brother going to like skywalker academy <laughs> but the moment that she and anakin clearly like oh, sensed each other oh my god when they were leaving i was like i want to die <laughs> like it's so tragic. It is. It's so tragic. Ugh. Um. And I'm hoping do that. We... Do we know? Sorry, that they, I was gonna say, is that the last like time they sense each other before? Like, do we know they? No. Moved? Well, there's something, and there's Mandalore? a tra- there's a piece of the trailer where 
Anakin talks to her. She's a okay. hologram. Okay. Remember? But she, she says, like, it's been a while, but she says, like, hello, master, and there's something like that, right? Like, okay, she turns so around and says, hello, to, master. They're so gonna, they're going okay. to meet. Um, I want to talk about these mysterious people who are watching Ahsoka. Okay, like, okay, are they? thank you. I meant to bring, I meant to ask you about that in Gchat so I didn't look like an idiot on this episode. Because I was like, did I, because like I was definitely like half watching because uh, I was watching the baby while I was watching this episode. And I was like, did I miss something big? No, I think, I think they must be Mandalorians, I'm right? I think it must be Mandalorians. Like they must be Mandalorians. That must be, what's her name? Bo-Katan. Yeah, it seems like well, that Bo-Katan's has to be Bo-Katan. people. And so watching Ahsoka, uh, because I'm trying to, it's been, I mean, I just rewatched Clone Wars, but like, I don't remember everything. When I say just, I mean like three or four months ago, but Bogotan, the whole episode where Obi-Wan goes to rescue Satine and Satine dies and Bogotan has to take over or whatever. Ahsoka's not there, right? I don't think so. But she, is Bogotan in the first series of uh, Mandalore episodes? Honestly, when Ahsoka goes to like teach the young Mandalorians, I don't remember. I, I it's can't been remember so either. long. Like, where would they have? Because that those are the only two points at which they would. I mean, they could tell us otherwise, but I think that would be a little bit of a stretch. Um, look at us talking about canon. <laughs> but this is like I just if it's Mandalorians and if it's Bo-Katan, like at least because I've been waiting for Mandalore this whole season. I'm waiting for Mandalore. It's clear that that's what the climax of the season is going to be. How is Ahsoka going to get there at this point? We've got three episodes left. Like Three episodes left. This whole episode, which I was fairly frustrated by because... They, they end up exactly the same Ugh. place they... like. It is my least favorite way that something is plotted. Yeah. Where I'm like, why did I just sit through this whole thing? For them to just like... There were there were no like major enough revelations. That was the one major thing, the people watching. Right, which could have happened in another way. Like could have. Where I was like, really, I'm a, a little frustrated by this. Yeah, by this. But I am. I did love that we got to see Ahsoka like kind of kick some real ass. Yes. This episode, the fight scene was so good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like seeing, her, getting to see her in action. So I'm, I was reminded of reading. Um, the there's a book that is when Kanan and Hera meet. Yeah, New Dawn. New Dawn. I haven't read it, but I've heard many things about it. It's it's fun. It's like a yeah. fun book. You know, it's not like I think it's John Jackson Miller. And in it, Kanan ha- is like for good reason, like suppressing his connection to the Force, and so you have to watch him. And because it's internalized, you know what's going on watch him like fight and do all these things without deliberately without accessing the force. And so I was thinking of that a lot with Ahsoka where she's trying to do as much as she can in the beginning, at least without accessing that part of herself. Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting journey to how she embraces being a force user without being a Jedi. Yeah, I agree. And because that's where she ends up in um, rebels is that she is not a Jedi, but she is a force user. Yeah, and I think this is a step on the way, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. So I've been paying a lot of attention to see how, she, when she chooses to use it, when she doesn't, like, and how like, all of that it's is working. super, super, it's super interesting, like, because most of the other former Jedi that have not gone dark, um, like Luke, 
like they cut themselves off from the force. Yeah, and Ahsoka hadn't. Yeah, and so like it's, it's interesting to see Luke, and then is didn't in uh, Fallen Order the the Je- the former Jedi? I think she had cut herself off too, right? She cut herself off. And I can't um, remember her name right now, but me either. There's so many. I know characters. It's too Star Wars. Um, is too big. But he. He hasn't in Fallen Jedi, but he's much younger. He's much younger, and he doesn't consider himself not a Jedi anymore. Right. I don't he's think, just in hiding. Yes. He's yeah, just in he hiding. He just doesn't want to be, I think. I think it's not a fundamental, you know, disagreement with Jedi principles, not wanting to call themselves, a, you know, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So is that I our... mean, I, I guess that's kind of it, because yeah, now we're just now kind we're of meeting to see... Hopefully, fingers crossed, like, next episode, I think my guess, I have no idea, but my guess is that those characters, if they are Mandalorians, are going to find a way to get Ahsoka and her compatriots out of prison for whatever reason, Um, and then we'll find out who they are. Yeah. Um, And then we'll do another episode, probably going to be a mini episode, because it's not like there's much new content these days. Um, or if there is, I don't have time to watch it, geez. Um, yeah, there's um, not much. I mean, all yeah. the movies are postponed. Exactly. What's coming to, I mean, all the big ones were postponed, and they're pulling some stuff to VOD. We'll see about in May. I mean, I don't know. I'm either A24, or I'm not sure who the production house is for, um, oh my god, David Copperfield. But the two, it was supposed to be the the month of Dave Patel. Oh, yeah. And now both Green Knight and David Copperfield presumably will not be coming out into yeah. theaters. But I'm hoping that at least one of them makes it to VOD so that we can but watch it. Anyway, we'll do an episode at the end of Clone Wars and we may combine it with something else or not. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but now next. Now next. It is my time. So <laughs> the finale of Star Trek Picard was last week. It was it was it was lovely and it was emotional and it was it was it was just it was just so much. I, I, I my heart my heart is so full. It's very full. I loved it. I don't know. I loved it. Okay, so I have I you and I have talked about it just a little bit. Um, I had some issues, especially with the last two episodes, but I want to like preface that because I might criticize it a little bit. That doesn't mean I didn't absolutely adore it. I adored the series. I adored everything that they did. I, 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 w- I am amazed at how well they continued over the course of the series to balance between plot and character, between um, like old fans and new viewers. Like this job, this, this, it, it was impossible to do and they did it incredibly well. Um, what did you think? I liked it a lot. You know, it's funny because I am coming to this as a fairly mm-hmm. new viewer with like some very, 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 yeah. very, you very have basic some context Star Trek knowledge. on the on the on who the characters are basically. Yes. You know the like, next I, gen characters, and that's about. Yeah, like I don't know. I actually don't know Seven of Nine. Like, okay, yeah. As a character, yeah, you had to tell me what the story was there because I basically only watched Next Gen. Um, maybe an episode or two there of, of various other things. But yeah, so like I'm coming at it from a very like kind of layman's sort of yes. perspective. And I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. I I think, in, and like you said, we talked about this, which again, like Clone Wars, this would have benefited from 
maybe a 13 or 14 episode first season. That last episode needed, or those last two episodes needed to be at least three episodes. At least three, at if least, not four. At least, if not four. Like, my main criticism of the series is that those last two episodes were so choppy because they were trying to cram so they tried much. They everything in. And it just, it was so, like, there was so much that went unexplained. There was so much that was just like, wait, what, wait, what, what's, yeah, like, okay, where Where is Merrick? Where is my hot Romulan? He just, like, disappeared. Like, the whole Elmer's, the whole Elmer's seven thing, like, arc was just weird. Like, it was very choppy, very weird. And then now they're all part of the crew, and that's great. Like, Um, I love that sequence too of like seven and and rios like sitting on the side of a thing drinking because i was like of course you would like you're it makes sense based on the people you are but like when did you where why i mean that's the same thing with like it's it would be have been really nice to see seven and rafi hook up a little bit Mm -hmm. like i would have loved like that's some that's a i believe that's some of the first bisexual representation in Star Trek for both of them because they've both had male love interests before this. Mm-hmm. So that's first, let's, I would love to see the, and I'm hoping next season we'll see the development of that relationship a little more. Um, I'm not going to complain about representation though, so um, but like it's just, and then like what, like, okay, so Commodore O, you're just going to let this Me? woman who was the head of Starfleet security, you're just going to let her go? It was so wild it, it was, was like choppy there was there was so much like leading up to it that worked and worked well and like the story was still like cathartic and all of these things but like the minute you start to kind of like it's very easy to like poke holes it in is. Things, and that's why i'm trying which not is frustrating. to think about it too much right like it was a fun experience and i'm hoping that for next season they're able to pace it out yes. a little bit better because i think that's what didn't work for me like I had issues kind of all along with some of the developmental stuff. Like yeah. did they like the Gerardi and Rios relationship. I was like, where And I did don't this think they quite did enough to redeem Gerardi. Like I think no. I think I think I, I, I think she's a fine character. I but I'm not at the point I think basically at this point the relationship they want you to have with the character is like, oh, well she did this thing but it was for a good reason or she was, you know, under the psychic whatever and now you're supposed to like her and I'm like I'm not quite at liking her yet like no not there yet yeah and so there's um like I I I, yeah there's I think this would have benefit from being a 13 episode first season it it really would have because like it was you know I liked so much of it but my two favorites were of course Elf and Emo Romulan, and they do, were not given their due, which I did not the appreciate. The Romulan storyline also fizzled toward the end. Like, it yes. was really strong. There was a lot of mystery at the beginning, and then it kind of just got... Not sidelined. I don't want to put it that way, but, like, it's just... I would have liked diminished. To, yes. I would have liked to see more of that. The, like, the, you can't come up with a term, like, conclave of eight. And then not... You know what I mean? Like... Like, and like, I'm not, like, I know, I know they gave an explanation for what it is, but still, Conclave of Eight, like, like, it's No, because all we got was that scene of them around that, the thing to get the, yeah. what was it called, the, the admonition, the, or... The, yeah, the, the admonition, basically, the... the... So, it was the admonition, and, like, that was the whole basis for Romulans doing this thing. And I would have liked to see some kind of moment where either they're forced to 
really confront what that other uh, what what is the other um, android's name who sees it and uh, understands it? Not Soji, but the other one. Whatever going. her name I'll is, forget it. I'll for, I'll for, Gianna's other, sister is Gianna's yeah, sister, right? Gianna's sister. Um, Saga. Under- no, Saga was the one who died. Died. So whatever her name is, she understands the admonition and understands that the whole point is actually that they can have help if they need it from mm-hmm. like even more advanced androids, which mm-hmm. seem to be some kind of like snake tentacle things. Mm-hmm. Um, or looks, are run by looks an awful run lot like control things. from Discover from Star Trek Discovery, but I don't think they're necessarily related because this is much older than Control. But that was an interesting. Um, but so I wanted to see kind of more about how that those stories actually intersected mm-hmm. because they did that, and then all of a sudden it became purely about Soji's humanity and the choice that she. Yeah. was being forced to make versus the the story you've set up the entire time, which is like it it's flipped it, right? Like yeah. it was the Romulans and this Conclave of Eight and this mystery was primary and Soji's sort of like character was in service of that and then all of a sudden it became the other way around in like and the it, last episode. Two, yeah, exactly. And like yeah. I, I agree. I think that that you like that was that's exactly the um the issue. But that being said, I think because um, I don't want us to be like too negative about it. Because I think we both like no. we keep saying again and again. We both real like I really en- I just really enjoyed it. Um, Everyone is having a good time on screen, yes. and you can tell. Like when Brent Spiner walked onto the screen, I cannot. <laughs> could you imagine my face? Like I was like, what? And that's that's by my count the sixth song. If you can, if you count Data Lore and Before as songs, which I do, um, that's the sixth song he's played. Because he's played Noonien Sung and Noonien Sung ancestor <laughs> Eric Sung in uh, the in Enterprise, um, so that was really that was really fun seeing him and seeing him back in that like role, and he was just clearly really happy to be there. And Data's death scene was Cannot even talk so about beautiful. It. Um, that was the death scene such a such an iconic character deserved um that his I, I talked about this a little i'm on um i don't know when it's coming out but super cluster which is a24 films uh, space media website i'm on their podcast to talk about star trek um it should be coming out in the next couple of weeks but um uh data's death and nemesis felt very raw and just very wrong like it was just it that it was it just didn't feel good and this like as good as a death can feel this felt good it felt like like it felt clo- like closure and the closure we've all needed, and it was so beautifully done. Like it was so beautifully done. It was. It was a really lovely kind of uh, visualized experience, mm-hmm. right? Like all of the pieces worked really well together, and it was so wonderful seeing Patrick Stewart and Brett Spiner like on screen together, yes. playing these characters again, and having to <laughs> engage. <laughs> in these like very emotional and cathartic sequences was awesome like and i love the idea that they talked so much and so much of this season has about the storyline of picard and data has centered on picard regretting that data didn't know that picard loved yeah. him like it's such a sweet genuinely just like 
in an era of toxic masculinity. Like, it's such just a sweet, genuine, like, yes, he loves him. Like, they're, like, they're so close and, like, just not knowing that, like, Data died not knowing that Picard loved him. And then Data's right. like, no, I knew. Like, I knew. Of and, course. Like, I... It's it's hard because I love that moment and I do wish though they had continued the thread. One thing I really loved about the series and that I think it did really well again up until the last episode was that they talked about the mythos of Picard himself mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. and how he was fallible. Yeah. How he was a fallible person, which was not something you really got to see or like consider a ton in yep. in the past. Yep. And so getting to see his sometimes often negative impact on the people around him. And I don't think they had the time to contend with that. Like they set it up really well. Yeah. But then we and I hope that my hope is that in season two we get to delve deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I, I hope agree. that the fact that he kind of died isn't going to erase them needing to deal with the pain that he did cause. Because again, this is a situation he kind of decided that he was going to do this mm-hmm. without necessarily consideration of the impact of it could have on his crew, on his mm-hmm. new crew. So I would love, like, for in hopes for season two, I want more of that too. Yeah, um, I, I hope they, I agree. I hope they can, I hope it isn't like, okay, he made some mistakes and it's done. Now we're back to like exactly, adventures with yeah. Captain Picard. I still want them to like interrogate the character, interrogate his values, mm-hmm. interrogate his like. I want them to keep doing that, and I think they will. Um, I I, I, I hope yeah, they I will. Um, I do like this Motley crew. Like I really, really, yes. really like the crew they've put together. Um, I think I'm really excited now that they're like this family. To see where it goes from here. Like, with Seven on board, with Elnor. Like, I'm really excited. I don't think Elnor got his due in the first season. Um, I think I mentioned that last time. I was kind of like, why did you... Like, what? Um, I Like, why was he... Why is he even... I don't want to say why is he on the show, because I love him as a character. But, like, it just didn't make a lot of sense, um, given his, like, small role. So I'm really excited to see more. And and find a way to bring Narek into the fold as the Redeem like Narek complicated garbage boy. Is Preeti's <laughs> request? Yes, I don't need. I actually don't even need redemption because I think what I like about the character and what I liked about him in the last two episodes is that you don't really still kind of know where he lies. Like, he is there for survival. He clearly thinks this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And he is not his sister. Like, I have to say, that death scene where the sister finally died, I was like, yes! She was terrible. You're the worst. The list is really good, but, like, the character was terrible. Oh, sucked. But Narek, I don't think, ever got the closure that we need for the character because he was such a big part of Soji's storyline that I I need to know how that progresses and I need to know more. I need more. Yeah. I just, I just need more. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I am worried about with season two is that they just kind of start with a t- Like they don't, I hope that season two deals with the implications uh, and the consequences of what happened. Yes. Rather than being like, okay, new day. Like, I, I just don't want it to be like one of the, 
amazing things about Picard and it has been that Next Gen very rarely, if ever did, um, was deal with the consequences of what happened in the ep- previous episode in the next yes. one. And I don't want it to be like, okay, season arc wrapped up, new arc where we're not going to talk about anything, you know, we're not going to deal with this new colony of freaking androids. We're not going to deal with this AI, this like tentacle AI that like is trying to kill us all. Seriously? We're not going to deal with the ex-Borg. And, like, their rights. We're not going to deal with, like, the ban, the synthetics ban. We're not going to deal with the Romulan. Like, you know, like, there's there's so much still to talk about. Like, what... There's so much. Like, I feel the like... The story isn't over. It's not. And I really hope that they continue with this story. And then new directions, obviously. Not just, like, going and click cleaning up. But, like, maybe the second season is more exploration into what that AI is. Yeah. That new AI. Like, where did it come from? What is it? Like, how... Now it's aware that those android exists. Like, mm-hmm. is it... Like, they they know a beacon has been built. Like, just because it's been shut off or destroyed doesn't mean that that AI doesn't have a ability to, you know, like... It's, there's a lot. So there's still a there's lot. There's so much more. There's yeah. so much more potential. And I can actually see them... Like, I would not be surprised if there were forthcoming books in between yeah. season one and two. Like, I will very much not be surprised if we see announcements I soon so. of people who are writing continuations or in-between stories or whatever it is. Because there were a lot of great characters. Like, I want I want a Rios book. I want to know yep. the story what's of, going yeah. on there. And not just because it's Santiago Cabrera. <laughs> He's so so handsome. But I think there's so much potential for, like, we just got, like, kind of little snippets of these people and their lives. And I want more because I think they created these, like, really wonderfully compelling characters. And I want to know, like, what other, what else has the, have the androids been up to? Clearly they've Mm -hmm. been sending people out. What was Maddox up to? Like, like, clearly they've been, like, sending people out. They've been sending yep. androids out. Are there other an- androids in hiding, like, working among... Like... There has to be something. Yeah. There's so, so much story to give it to us. I know. We want. It's rare we that... Don't. It's rare that, like, <laughs> we... your complaint is, I need more story. But I feel like in both Clone Wars and this, we're like, I need more! I need more story. And it's funny because I don't want it... Like, after our whole conversation about canon, and it's not that we feel entitled to the no. story, but it is... Very much that there is so much potential story to be told. It's not, There's so it's not much that like, we're saying, I don't like the story that they've told. Give right. me a different story. It's that, well, there are some holes in the story. So we want more. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you did a really good job making us interested. You did a great job making us interested. <laughs> now give us, give us more. Come on. It's not like there's a pandemic going on. You guys, I'm sure you have a lot of time and very low anxiety. Come on. Give us more content. God, it's so easy. Just create. Yes. I say like not having been able to be funny for like three weeks. I say like that I'm currently on unpaid leave from my job because I cannot work and take care of a one-year-old. Everything's going so well. So well. We're fine. Everything's fine here. <laughs> okay, what do we love? What do we love? Um, Animal Crossing. I don't even yes. have it written down, but Animal Crossing is all I have been able to do. I did. I did write it down oh, because yeah. okay, it is. I'm going to write very- it down now, so I remember next time what I said I love. Um, it's like the like relaxing video game 
that like I need right now because also one thing I love one thing that frustrates me about video games is with the with the kid who has a dispense his max attention span is about 10 minutes that's the longest anything will keep him occupied and 10 minutes is like I'm lucky if I get 10 minutes but like in a lot of video games by the time you freaking boot the thing up 10 minutes have passed and like so like I really like just being able to carry the switch with me turn it on go like chop down some wood and like make something and then 10 minutes is up and I have to but like it feels like I'm doing something relaxing in those 10 minutes so yeah I agree it's it's funny because like this is my best friend and I lived together in undergrad and we were both obsessed with the GameCube version, like obsessed. And I have found that I'm falling back into the exact same habits I had in the GameCube version, which is I basically spend all my time designing clothes and paying off loans. And that's what I do in Animal Crossing. Although I will say I fucking hate bunny, bunny day. day bunny day i Preeti, hate okay, it to tell you like what Preeti sent me a spreadsheet a bunny day spreadsheet to make sure that to check like did i do i have this recipe do i have all these things to make these because like bunny day <laughs> is like april 12th and you have to make one of each kind of recipe to like get the ex- special thing on bunny day which we don't know what it is and you have to get all collect all these kinds of eggs in order to make the recipes and it's a little bit stressful and like not relaxing animal crossing it's and so not preeti made a spreadsheet <laughs> i was so i was getting so stressed every time i hear that fucking balloon like the wind blowing the balloon i'm like where is my slingshot what if i miss it i hate it i hate it see this so is where it's much. good where i play with the sound off because otherwise my I kid like comes it. over and tries to like play with it so like i don't I, there's no sound i don't know what the oh i don't know what the the, the sound is sound like is. the wind is blowing and as you get closer it gets louder and as you get further oh, really? away it gets softer and so you know you're getting closer but you can only see a shadow because you can't freaking look up Ugh, i fucking hate bunny day Anyways, okay. Very My- relaxing, y'all. Get Animal <laughs> I know, Crossing. So relaxing. I'm. I cannot wait until April twelfth, and this nightmare is over. Like, it's like I fucking hate it. And that nightmare of Bunny Day. I fucking hate Bunny Day, and I hate that goddamn rabbit. Yeah, that um, rabbit is creepy. <laughs> he looks like the Five Nights at Freddy's rabbit, which is this like weird horror video game that's for children. Uh, it's not great. Um. The the other thing that I'm super into, which is just I haven't watched the new season yet because I think it just dropped today or to, or tomorrow, uh, is the DCU Harley Quinn cartoon. It's so funny oh, wow. and so good. I know I was not anticipating it, and then I watched it, and it's like super feminist, super like forward thinking humor. So it's not it's a lot of like punching up humor, which I appreciate. It's awesome. That's great. It is fucking hilarious i think i've cursed more in the last like three minutes than i cursed the entire episode That's but funny. it's it's fucking bunny day fucking bunny day uh and fucking harley quinn no <laughs> the tv show is great i highly highly great. recommend it um yeah like if you are feeling a birds of prey hole in your heart like i am because i love that movie uh the cartoon is a wonderful thing and the voice work is so good. Like Alan Tudyk plays several characters and he's of course excellent as all of those characters. But the guy who does the voice for Bane makes me laugh so hard. I cry like it is 
phenomenal. I cannot oversell it. Like, absolutely check it out if you can, which it's on DCU. So uh, you can sign up for the free, so the like free trial, but put a note to cancel it That's because what, it will yeah. charge you for the year. Oh, for the year. Which is what it did to me. So you're like, might as well get my money's worth. Fine. And watch every show there is. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, so we are part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. You could find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Today we want to shout out our friend Keith, Keith Chow, and the latest episode of the Hard Knock Life podcast, The Pandemic Paradox, where they talk about what geek culture might look like in a post-quarantine life. That's, I, I just like, sometimes I'm just like, can you imagine like, hugging people ever again no like i can't like just like going up like i can't um do you remember those time that one time that we got like in a traffic jam at new york comic-con a traffic jam of people that yes. like gives me hives the thought of like going to like new york Comic-Con. where we were like accidentally like stalking jason latour oh my god that's like <laughs> my only memory like that's my only association <laughs> with jason latour and, like, we just kept, like, running into Jason Latour. And Preeti would, in the same tone of voice, every time would be like, Jason Latour! And he'd be like, who the <laughs> fuck are you people? Sorry. And, like, it happened, like, at, like, we were, at, like, three times that day at the con and then at, like, an Image Comics after party. And he's like, it was very embarrassing. It was great. <laughs> it was great. And so, like, these, every time, like, I hear about Jason Latour, I hear in my head Preeti being like, Jason Latour! Jason Latour. And, like, pointing... <laughs> And then him, like, looking at us in that, like, newsboy cap. Like, who the fuck are you people? Um, that was great. Um... Uh, yeah, okay, so thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Meredith and Roni at the $12 level. And and Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Guy3, Jerome, Claire, Brian, Robert, Sylvia, Chris, the Knott family, and Priya at the $5 level. Um, of course, we have our we we got the pins in we yes got we have all of in. our We're patreon rewards and we owe them to you but i am still recovering from whatever this is and because it could be covid like my kid had like textbook symptoms and we've been in quarantine for like three and a half weeks he's the only one i could have gotten sick from i think at this point but my symptoms are different we just don't know so we're waiting until i am symptom free to ship anything out is the, yes and, we don't want to get any of these sick yes so um, that should be, I Even would say, in the, like, yeah, and in the next uh, week, probably. Um, okay, going really fast, because my Mac just told me that I am at 10%. We can do it. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls. I am at Run With Scissors. I am at S. Krishna. Uh, and until next time. We'll see you oh, in see hell. You. Or Bunny Day. <laughs> <laughs>